you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode of Locked On Mizzou is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And unfortunately, Missouri falls on Senior Day 86-80 to LSU in a game that, well, went back and forth on several occasions. I think there were at least eight lead changes and ten ties. I saw that statistic with a few minutes left in the ball game, but unfortunately Missouri on the short end of the stick here. And honestly, one thing I want to talk about is I thought it was interesting. Missouri went away from their usual defensive strategy as far as I could tell. And well, they went with something resembling the famous 2018 Golden State Warriors Houston Rockets series. If you remember that particular matchup. Yeah. When LSU had the ball and Missouri was guarding him, that's really what it looked like for a lot of the game. And I want to break that down and, of course, lots of other things to discuss. But really, when you get down to it, this basketball game came down to the shot-making of Cameron Thomas and, to a somewhat lesser extent, Trendon Watford. Now, Lord knows Cameron Thomas is a heck of a talented basketball player. Now, just for a little bit of background on him, he was a five-star recruit out of high school, Oak Hill Academy, recruited by Kansas, among several other teams, but obviously ends up with LSU and the always unscrupulous Will Wade. But as good as Cameron Thomas is, I doubt he's played a heck I doubt he's ever played much better than that. He was hitting absolutely everything. I mean, we're talking difficult shots too. He was eight of nine just from two point range alone. That doesn't even include the amount of times he got to the free throw line, which was a dozen times by the way, but those eight field goals he made inside the three point line, it seemed like every single one of them was like a 15 to 20 footer. You know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not too much. In a lot of cases, he was shooting fadeaways like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan style and hitting him with a hand in his face. And of course, his one three-pointer he hit late in the game was a huge basket that, frankly, Kobe Brown couldn't have played much better. He couldn't have challenged it any closer than that without fouling him, but, you know, Thomas knocks it down. LSU made a lot of tough shots in this game, and you know usually I lead with what Missouri does, but I think in this game, I think it's important to just give the opponent a lot of credit here because there was a lot of things that Missouri did right in this game. Unfortunately, a few things that went wrong as well, including, most notably, not a great game from Jeremiah Tillman. Let's be perfectly honest. He just could never find the room in this game, and I think a lot of that had to do with LSU's strategy. Defensively, LSU was daring Missouri to shoot three-pointers, most most especially Mitchell Smith, Kobe Brown, and to the absolute extreme, Drew Bugs. Now, early in the first half, I thought Missouri took a shot clock violation because Bugs was unable to shoot a couple pretty wide-open shots on one possession, and that led to nobody else really be able to 
really being able to get any room. But of course, later in that first half, when LSU was starting to extend a little bit of a lead, they were up to 26-18 at one point. Well, Drew Bugs knocks down a three, his first one, and gosh, it seems like weeks at that point. Then he knocked out another one, believe it or not, and got fouled, completed a four-point play, and he, along with Torrance Watson, he had a quick five points, I think eight total in the first half. Well, they were really the difference. Those two young men who rarely score kept Missouri right in the basketball game, and by halftime, it was a 40-40 to ball game. Now, Xavier Pinson certainly had a poor game statistically, but he did knock down a couple huge three-pointers, made all six of his free throws, and honestly, I liked how he started the basketball game. I liked that he was in attack mode. He had a, a nice, good, patient entry pass to Tillman early and also, again, knocked down a three-pointer. But unfortunately, all that attacking, all that good, you know, his using that first step that I've been you know, complaining about, like, please, Xavier, use your first step a little bit more, get into the paint. Well, he did it, but unfortunately, early in that ball game, the officials weren't rewarding him. And then with about 12 minutes left in the first half, Penson, a hard attacking, attacks a hard drive to the basket, doesn't get a call, doesn't get a basket, but what he does get is one of LSU's chairs to the back of the head. Now, that's one thing about COVID-19, right? Hey, for as much as we're trying to be safe and uh, you know spread people apart on the bench, which is kind of an imaginary thing, to be honest with you, but considering that during timeouts, everybody clusters together. But okay, we'll, we'll just imagine that this is better. Normally, those chairs are not on the sidelines. Normally, Xavier Penson would have probably fallen into a cheerleader or a cameraman instead of a hard metal chair. Well, who knows how much that affected his game going forward, but you know, he was definitely shaken up there, no doubt about it. And I do want to talk about that Houston Rockets 2018 like defensive strategy that Conzo Martin employed today. But first let's talk some betonline.ag and you know what as I stare at my computer here and peruse the odds for NBA futures, I got to say Joel Embiid being just a little bit under 2 to 1 at plus 190 to win the regular season MVP is pretty tempting. I think he should probably be a bigger fit, a bigger favorite than that. You look at LeBron James as the second guy, he's a little bit over 2 to 1. I think Embiid has quite a bit better odds than LeBron at this point. Now, don't get me wrong, LeBron He'll make his push, I'm sure. But I think at the end of the day, Embiid is probably the guy to bet on. But regardless, man, now I'm looking at Rookie of the Year, LaMelo Ball, minus 700. I wish I could have all my anti-LaMelo Ball takes back. But you know what? If you think you have better takes than me, go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 50% on top of whatever your first deposit is. That's called a welcome bonus from all of us at betonline.ag and the the Locked On Podcast Network. So again, use that promo code Locked On with your first deposit for your 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And whatever the biggest sports story is from this weekend, 
Well, guess what? They'll have you covered Monday on Locked On Today, so get more of the news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Now, LSU in some ways is sort of similar to the 2012 Mizzou basketball team. In other words, they're a five, top, easily a top 5-10 team in offense in the country, but defensively, well, not so much. And I think we certainly saw that play out for the most part today. And, well, what Will Wade likes to do is, quite simply, spread the floor, get a bunch of guys who can handle and score, and let them go to work, find the matchup that he likes. And in order to counteract that, well, what Conzo Martin decided to do was basically switch everything one through four. So in other words, what that means is, other than the center, for the most part, unless it was unless it was Jeremiah Tillman, the Tigers basically switched every single pick and roll that I saw. I'm sure there was an exception to that, but for the most part, there was a switch just about every single time. Now, at the beginning part of the game, I wasn't sure that all the switching was helping. It seemed like Missouri was getting more confused defensively then it was actually helping early in that ball game. But as Missouri settled down with that strategy, they sort of seemed like they got their communication and just everything got a bit more in sync. Well, I think the plan actually worked. So I actually think the plan worked for the most part. And that and the plan is this. The reason I compared it to the Houston Rockets and their strategy from three years ago in that against that famous Warriors team with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the Rockets just decided, hey, we're gonna switch everything, and that'll cause, you know, these great offensive players like Curry and Durant to see mismatches and then they'll just go one on one. But what that took the Warriors out of is their side-to-side passing, some of the things that made their team great, the -the off-the-ball motion and, again, the sharing of the ball. So while Durant is obviously one of the greatest offensive players of all time, and LSU has a bunch of great offensive players like Cameron Thomas, like Trendon Watford, well, the idea from Conzo Martin, if I had to guess, is well, well, we'll just get them to sort of bog down their offense, go one-on-one, and take difficult shots. And a lot of times that ended up happening. Again, like you saw, as a great example, well, they got a switch. Cam Thomas switched on. He's a guard. He got Kobe Brown on him. He assumes this is a mismatch. But Kobe got right on his face late in that shot clock, late in the game there, three-pointer over the top of him. He just makes a great shot. On paper, that's a low-percentage shot, but he made it. To me, strategically, at the end of the day, while I didn't love it at first, I think the switching actually worked for the most part. LSU didn't shoot a great percentage from downtown or anything, but my God, they were just hitting a lot of tough twos and turnarounds and that type of deal. Now, I will say, and as much as it pains me to give Will Wade credit, here we go, everybody. I I have to say the one thing about Will Wade's offense that I appreciate is one of the most simple things I've ever seen in basketball. And again, he's got generally has five guys on the court who can handle the basketball. He spreads them out. And one of the most simple things in the world is 
if Watford or Javante Smart, and my God, has Javante Smart ever seen a step back three that he doesn't like? It'll be the first time ever, but I digress. But any of those guys, when they have the ball in the open court, he just lets them go. There's basically, and that this will happen even after a made shot by the opposition. He'll just give these guys 50 feet, 30 feet, just give them room. And well, with that much space as a defender, that really puts you in a bind, especially the way college basketball is officiated so tightly these days on the ball handler. You put a defender in a really tough position when you have that much court and a head of steam by a ball handler you're almost forced to help off. And again, with that kind of space, you're either going to give up an open three or something is going to be open. And while I certainly didn't want to lead with this topic, we have to get into the officiating just a little bit for sure. But first, let's get into something a little more positive, And that's my feelings about Built Bar. Because frankly, this is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And I don't just say that. I'm not just reading the copy. I can tell you that from from personal experience. In fact, just this afternoon, I downed one of those coconut brownie built bars. Oh, man. So, so good. In fact, I can't wait for my ration tomorrow afternoon. But there's no reason for you to wait whatsoever. In fact, I would highly advise you to go to builtbar.com. Check out all the flavors available to you. There's something that's bound to hit you, to suit your fancy. And when you go to BuildBar.com, be sure, be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 for your 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuildBar.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson host LockedOn's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, while Missouri got itself into the bonus fairly quickly in the first half, For the most part, that wasn't the most closely called game in the world, but by the second half, it was every touch fouled was being whistled on the court. And, you know, honestly, that's something I've noticed a lot in college basketball this year. Not just bad officiating, but wildly inconsistent officiating from one half to another. It's as though they'll realize, oh, we only called five or six fouls in the first half. Well, let's remedy that problem as if that's a problem in anybody's mind. But but regardless, I don't want to focus on the officiating too much, but I did have to acknowledge that it was pretty shaky at times, most especially the fourth foul to me on Jeremiah Tillman. I'm just not really sure what he's supposed to do there. He's retreating. He takes the, the contact by the ball handler right in the chest. Again, this is a him hedging the screen there. I, I, I really don't understand what he's supposed to do there. But to be fair, while LSU this entire game was surrounding Tillman with double teams and occasionally triple teams, it definitely discombobulated him a little bit, and it just felt like he was tr- maybe trying a little bit too hard sometimes on senior day. And to that point, Jeremiah's third foul, 
I mean, honestly, he probably committed two or maybe even three fouls on that one play before finally getting the whistle. That was a, that was the one time in this game, one of the few times this entire season, in fact, where I really felt like Tillman regressed in terms of letting his emotions, getting the better of himself, and just basically committing a frustration foul at a moment that absolutely didn't need it and, and ended up hurting Missouri in that ball game because, well, when he gets that cheap fourth foul that wasn't his fault, well, the third one was his fault and they all count. So, unfortunately, while for the most part, I thought he did a good job passing out of the double teams and the triple teams, couldn't quite get the ball in the basket for whatever reason, just couldn't get, not only was he not getting the benefit of the whistle, man, he just couldn't quite, he was missing some shots around the rim that he would usually make. I want to be sure to give Mitchell Smith a lot of credit for a game well played. For sure, he didn't take a lot of shots, but he made most of them, including a big three-pointer, huge tip in, huge put back down the stretch, You know, played good defense for the most part, held up on most of those switches. Hey, that switching strategy doesn't work very well without Mitchell Smith and Kobe Brown doing a pretty darn good job of staying in front of those guards for the most part. So give both of those guys a lot of credit there. And finally, you know, down the stretch there after it was 80, after it was tied at 80, you know, again, Will Wade, kind of his classic action there, just spread the floor and let a ball handler drive toward a a matchup that you like. And this time it was Trendon Watford, drives the ball, shoots over a Missouri defender. Wasn't really much the guy could do. It was just a good offensive play. Gets it to 82-80, and then other end of the court, Xavier Pinson gets to about, gosh, I'd say 12 to 14 feet away just in front of the free throw line. Seems to pull up maybe at the last second, thinks, oh, I'm going to pass it. I don't know. Something happened there. He got between plays, and his brain seemed to malfunction, and he has to shoot a wild attempt as he's as his as gravity is taking his body back toward the floor. Obviously, that shot did not go in, and then Missouri ends up trying to trap for a little bit. Frankly, a lot of that was probably because they had three or four guys on the floor with four fouls at that point. You don't want to foul out the important players, but I, I didn't hate the, the trapping there before fouling, honestly, because all, as you saw, they end up getting the ball to Javante Smart. They have a bunch of good foul shooters for LSU especially on the floor at that particular time in the game. So to me, I don't know, trying to trap, I I don't have any big problem with that. That wasn't why Missouri lost the game whatsoever, was allowing, you know, 10, 12 seconds to run off the clock by not fouling. Honestly, they would have lost the game anyway. So unfortunately, while there there was some things to like here, just a disappointing end and you know, I just would have liked to have seen for this group, for this group of five seniors, especially the four that have been here for a long time, no offense to to Drew Bugs, it feels like we hardly knew you. But regardless, we're going to move on to Nashville and then on to the NCAA tournament. That's the good news is this team is certainly off the bubble and we will certainly see where Missouri ends up on the bracket come Selection Sunday, which is a week from tomorrow. Can you believe it? I can't wait, quite honestly. And you know what? We're going to definitely knock out a bunch of NCAA tournament coverage for you. And of course, the SEC tournament in Nashville. So until then, 
I will see you all next time right here on Locked on Mizzou.